Well, here he is, folks. Dizzy Dean, brought to you by the makers of Johnson's Wax for Car New, a wax-fortified auto polish that cleans and polishes your car in one easy application. My goodness, Frank, do you mean I'm going to be on NBC every Saturday afternoon to talk about baseball? That's right, Diz. And I'm going to tell the folks about Johnson's Car New, the auto polish that well, let's really... let's get going. Let's get going, boy. I'll tell you a story that I'll never will forget about Charlie Grimm. Well, now, just a minute, Diz. You ever oh, hear the one about Frankie Frazier? I'd like to well, tell that story. Well, uh, just a second well, now. Let me tell that one about uh, Lefty Gomez of uh, the New York Yankees. Well, okay, go ahead. You've got me going. Well, Frank, Lefty Gomez was pitching a ball game against Bobby Feller in 1936... And in the seventh inning, the Yankees was leading two to one. They had 65,000 people in the grandstands. And the Yankees, naturally being out in front, they start stalling for time, trying to get it to get darker and they could win the ball game two to one. And Summers behind the plate, the umpire says, come on, let's play ball. I'll call the game when I think it's too dark. So Gomez, being the next batter, he reached over to Joe McCarthy and says, the manager of the Yankees, and says, give me a match. I'll fix that umpire. So he took a match and a bat and walked up to the plate. <laughs> And uh, he struck the match as he walked into the batter's box. And boy, I mean, the Summers, the umpire Summers really liked to blow his top. He stepped out from out of the plate and he says, Lefty, he says, don't show me up in front of all these 65,000 people. He says, you can see that ball. And he says, I can see it. He said, don't try to stall like that. Uh, Gomez stepped out of the batter's box and he says, Mr. Summers, he says, I tell you. I can see the ball, all right, he says, but I want to be doggone sure a feller can see me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Diz, that's well, but... I'd like uh, to tell one more. Well, now, just a minute. Hold it, if you will, please. We've got to go through a little warm-up on this first program before you start pitching him so fast. Folks, this is Frank Eschen. I want to tell you a little more about this program, what you can expect each Saturday. You see, I've known Dizzy Dean for years. I've seen him pitch some of his great games. I've worked with him here in St. Louis, where he made his name with the great St. Louis Cardinals. Every Saturday afternoon, Dizzy Dean will bring back to life Immortals of the Diamond in his anecdotes of his baseball career. He'll answer questions from the mailbag, telling of colorful incidents in baseball in which he has played such a rich part. He'll have advice for the young Americans who want to become big leaguers, and Dizzy really knows what it takes to make the big league grade. Boys who play in church leagues, municipal leagues, or small-town sandlots will be interested deeply in counsel from the colorful Dizzy Dean. Dizzy will take the two leagues apart and put them back together again in his inimitable way as the pennant races progress. There'll be hot-off-the-wire news. There'll be stories about the heroes who are making the baseball news. And by the way, Diz, do you think you'll have any trouble talking 15 minutes every Saturday? Frank, if somebody don't stop me, I'll be talking an hour and 15 minutes. You know, Frank, I'm something of a veteran in this share of broadcasting business. Mm, almost a ten-year man, eh? That's right, Frank. I've done the Cardinals and Browns, and right now I'm broadcasting play-by-play on the Browners in St. Louis. And, brother, am I glad they've changed the rules since I started this broadcasting business. Well, what do you mean, Diz, change the rules? Well, maybe, Frank, uh, I should say I'm glad there ain't no wartime rules to worry about no more. You know, when the war was on, I was a little new on the job, and the rules were strict. There was a game in St. Louis, and rain began to fall during the game. And you know how it was during the war? You couldn't say nothing about the weather in St. Louis. For fear it might change the, the military situation that Ashen or... Uh, Evo Jima. <laughs> Go ahead, that's all right. But there was a long interruption this day, and my partner Johnny O'Hara finally got tired of talking and says, uh, Diz, here's the mic. It's all yours. Well, I talked long as I could about what a close game it was and how maybe play would be resumed pretty soon. And then finally I says, Folks, I can't tell you why this game's been held up, but if you just stick your head out the window, you can soon find out. <laughs> <laughs> Diz, you always did have a reputation for getting yourself out of a tight spot. 
And right now, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's next, Frank? Well, we've got the mailbag. You know, when folks heard that you were going to do this program for Johnson's Car New, the mail started pouring in. And that gave us an idea. Every week, we're going to answer some of those letters from the mailbag. And here's your first request. Al Brennan of Chicago wants to know what game you look on as the biggest in your whole baseball career. Well, Frank, I certainly appreciate that letter, and there's a lot of games I can look upon as big games. I got a lot of thrills in the game of baseball, but the greatest thrill I ever got was in 1934 against the Detroit Tigers. Uh, we won the pennant that year for the Cardinals and went into this series, the underdog, to defeat the, the, to defeat the Tigers. Well, they had fellows like Geringer Greenberg on the ball club, and... Uh, when we got through with them, you know what I call them, the pussycats, <laughs> not the tigers. And uh, I think that was the greatest thrill I ever got due to the fact it was the seventh and final game of the series to see who was going to be the champions of the world. And I was fortunate enough to pitch that ball game and beat Detroit 11 to nothing, uh, uh, winning the championship. Then the saddest game I believe I ever lost and the toughest game I ever lost, uh, Frank, was about three or four years later. I hurt my arm in between 34 and 38. And I was sold to the Chicago Cubs for $185,000 and four ball players, and with my sore arm. I was just thinking, if I'd had a good arm, I wonder what I'd have drawn. <laughs> no telling, Diz, no telling. Well, anyway, I was over there, and, in the, and we won the pennant that year, and I was pitching the second game against the New York Yankees. And uh, in the eighth inning, I had them beat three to two. And Cross said he came up the plate and hit a three and two pitch into the uh, left field seats for a home run and beat me four to three. Well, I didn't have a thing on the ball. And uh, it was a lot of difference throwing that nothing ball up there in 38, and it was that far ball in 34. And uh, I was taken out of the ball game, and Gabby Hartnett was our manager that year. And uh, I uh, went over to the dugout, and I really felt sad, Frank. And the fans in the, in the Chicago ballpark, something like 45,000 people, stood up and cheered as I left the mound. And uh, when I started going to the dugout, you could hear the pin dropped. I finally went in on into the in the clubhouse. And the fellow I saw up there first was a grand old man of baseball, Connie Mack. He put his arms around my shoulder, and I sort of felt a little better. He says, son, he says, you pitched a great ball game out there with what you had to, on the ball. And he says, in one game, I'd like to see you won, although it was against our American League club. Diz, everybody was pulling for you in that game. Well, in between those great games, you had the reputation of being something of a problem child. I know, for example, that uh, you gave Frankie Frisch some very anxious moments. Oh, I guess me and Paul was famous for that, all right. Speaking of Frankie Frisch, it reminds me of the time when he was giving us pitchers a few instructions in the clubhouse before a game in Brooklyn. In fact, it was a doubleheader in Brooklyn, Frank. And Frankie was one of the greatest second basemen in the game, you know. Well, he was talking there telling me how to pitch to Tony Cuccinelli and Linus Pry and Sam Leslie and Ralph Ball and all the other Dodgers. And I gave him an argument on every one. Finally, I said, uh, let's stop this silly business, Frank. Don't you think it's kind of silly for ordinary second baseman like you to be telling a great pitcher like me how to pitch to anybody? Well, Frank almost had a stroke. He told us to go out and pitch the way we wanted. He didn't care if we did get our ears pinned back. And the rest of the story is that I pitched a three-hitter that afternoon. Nobody gets a hit off me till the eighth inning with one or two out, and then my brother Paul goes out and pitches a no-hitter. That was in that second game, and that was a lot of pitching that day, Diz. Yes, Frank, that story uh, makes me think it's about time for me to give a little advice to them high school and sandlot pitchers all over the country. Ain't it, Frank? Well, before you do that, it's my turn, Diz. I have a little advice to give. Here it is, Saturday afternoon. Tomorrow's the 4th of July. And the most sensible thing a man can do before the sun goes down is to give that car of his a Sunday shine with Johnson's car new. 
so that his car will be a sparkler instead of a dud in the 4th of July parade. There's just no sense in anybody driving around on any Sunday in a car that's dull and shabby, as long as you can keep your car shiny and new-looking with one easy application of Carnew. Just rub it on and wipe it off. Carnew takes off all road grime, bugs, oil, tar, tree sap, everything water won't touch. Carnew is wax-fortified. It puts a showroom shine on chrome and body that'll make your family or your girlfriend proud to take that Sunday ride with you. So give your car a Sunday shine with Johnson's Carnew. Rub it on, wipe it off. It cleans and polishes in one easy application. How about that, Mr. Dean? Frank, you certainly said a mouthful, brother. And speaking of mouthfuls, you're going to have to unload a mouthful of advice to young pitchers. Okay, Frank. Boys, uh, uh, this part of our program is special for the boys. But I want fathers and big brothers to listen, too. It's a little advice to boys who want to be pitchers and who hope someday to reach the major leagues. The reason I want the fathers and brothers to listen is so they can help the boys pitcher remember what I'm telling them. You know, when I was a boy, Frank, I didn't have the chances that the young boys today have gotten. And uh, when I broke in the baseball, we didn't have a lot of baseball parks all over the country. We didn't have uh, big league. I didn't have big league uh, pitchers and uh, players to tell me what to do and how to take care of myself. And I just like to say to the young boys that's breaking in today is uh, don't throw too much. In other words, don't pitch too much. Do a lot of running. Keep your legs in shape. And uh, always get three to four days rest. In other words, uh, uh, just rest after you pitch a ball game and then do a lot of running in the outfield. Well, some of those star kid pitchers like to pitch every day, and that's bad, isn't it? Yes, a lot of uh, young pitchers that's a star on a ball club, the other boys come around and pat him on the back and says, Johnny, you've got to pitch for us tomorrow. After pitching today, you got to pitch the next day. They want their best pitcher to pitch because them kids all left to win, which is a very, very good thing. And another thing for the young pitchers is to never throw curves. Now, I'm talking about boys from 9 to 15 years old. Don't start throwing curves that young because the curveballs will come later. And it's not hard to throw a curveball when your arm is strong and it's developed. Or just take the ball and throw nothing strictly but fastballs and work on control. And as I said a minute ago, the curves will come when you develop ready to the bit for the big leagues. And the third is warming up properly. When you're out there on the mound starting a ball game, you must have 15 minutes of warming up before starting. You walk out there and start lobbing the ball to the catcher easily, gradually increasing the speed of the throw as the, as the 15 minutes goes by. And then the last three or four pitches, you must wrap back and throw the ball, and you know they're in your, you're in shape then, you're loosened up, and then you can go out and pitch your regular turn, and that way you'll never hurt yourself. Well, Diz, in order to uh, sum up for these young pitchers, uh, suppose we do it this way. Number one, don't pitch too often. Get plenty of rest between games. Don't start throwing those curves too soon, and in the third place, warm up properly before you pitch any game. And next week, you'll have some fine advice for young catchers. Right now, Diz, what does the big league show look like to you today? Well, Frank, I've been asked that question all over the country in the last uh, couple of months. And right now, I want to say that at the moment, Bob Lemon of the Cleveland Indians, who pitched a no-hitter Wednesday night, is the hottest thing in, in the American League. In fact, in either league. But I want to say don't get discouraged because you ain't having no luck. Bob Lemon started out as a third baseman. He fumbled grounders and couldn't hit. They tried him in the outfield, but they were scared he'd get hit on the head. That was just two years ago. And now Bob Lemon is top man on the pitching staff that includes none other than Bobby Fowler himself. 
Them Indians and athletics is hanging on to the top spot in the American League right now. But watch the Yankees and Red Sox. They're moving up, folks. And I figure they'll be fighting for first place after it gets good and hot. But what a year. Whoever figured the athletics in, uh, on the 3rd of July would have won more than any other club in the league. They won 42 ball games more than any other club in either league. The dogfight goes on the National League, too, with a pass the surprise ball club so far. And a lot of people ask me about managers. Well, Billy Southworth is a manager of the year right now. He's rebuilt that second base combination around second and short. And the club's getting double plays now. And, brother, how a pitcher loves to see them things. They really take you out of trouble. I hate to see little Joe Garagiola leave the Cardinals, too. He's been sent to Columbus. But that's what happens when a boy brought up too young. Don't try to get into the majors till you're ready. Well, that's fine, Diz, and more of that big league picture next week. Right now, there is just one more thing I have to take up with you. Your old friends, the Missouri school teachers, are after you again. Happy to have them in the audience, Frank. Yes, but one of them has written you a very sharp note. Well, what does she say, Frank? Says she's been listening to you this summer and she thinks you haven't changed a bit. What does she mean, I haven't changed? Well, she says you still say ain't. How about that? Well, Frank, all I can say is that, uh, is what my old friend Will Rogers told me one time. He said, uh, a lot of folks that ain't, uh, a lot of folks don't say ain't, ain't eaten. So I'm going to keep on saying ain't and keep on eating, brother. <laughs> and we hope, ladies and gentlemen, that you will keep on listening to Dizzy Dean each Saturday at this same time. Brought to you by Johnson's Car New. The auto polish that cleans and polishes your car in one easy application. Just rub it on, wipe it off. When you rub it on, Johnson's Car New takes off road grime, bugs, oil, tree sap, everything water won't touch. When you wipe it off, wax fortified Car New gives your car that Sunday shine. This is old Dez, hoping all you folks are in the stands this time next Saturday. I'll be pitching him across again for Johnson's Car New. This is Frank Ashen saying goodbye until next Saturday for the makers of Johnson's Wax Fortified Auto Polish Car New. This program came to you from St. Louis. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.